From Columbia Radio News in New York, I'm Kira Long. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio announced this morning that all New Yorkers leaving the house should cover their noses and mouths with bandanas, scarves or homemade masks. It does not, not need to be a professional uh, surgical mask. In fact, we don't want you to use uh, the kinds of masks that our first responders need. This is a change from previous guidelines, which said that masks weren't necessary. The thinking is now to stop asymptomatic carriers from spreading the disease. De Blasio also said that the number of people in the city in need of ventilators could more than double by early next week to 5,000. Starting today, any New Yorker can now get three free meals a day from the city, available for pickup at over 400 sites. Roughly 30 patients previously at Elmhurst Hospital, Queens, have been transferred to Veterans Affairs hospitals across the city. Elmhurst Hospital was overwhelmed with the number of coronavirus patients as Queens became the epicenter of the outbreak in New York. Meanwhile, at least 20 hotels across the state have been leased as temporary hospitals. That's in addition to the makeshift hospitals that have been set up in Central Park and the Javits Convention Center. Two workers from New York's Board of Elections have died from the coronavirus. Under a state directive, board workers are considered essential and have been allowed to keep working as New York heads towards its June 23rd primary. Nurses in the Bronx yesterday morning staged a protest against working conditions that they say are unsanitary and harmful. They say that hospital management at the Montefiore Medical Center Moses Division is asking them to reuse disposable N95 respirators and that they need more personal protective equipment. And for those of you taking a social isolation walk this weekend, the weather's going to stay sunny with a slight wind. Temperatures should hover around the mid-40s. For Columbia Radio News, I'm Kira Long. The number of COVID-19 cases in New York State has risen above 100,000 patients. Governor Andrew Cuomo said the state faces a shortage of 87,000 hospital beds. To make up for some of the missing beds, the city, state, and federal government are resorting to all kinds of solutions, turning the Javits Center into an ad hoc hospital, tents in Central Park, and even a floating naval hospital, the USNS Comfort, has anchored off of Manhattan. But at a certain point in the 20th century, New York had many more hospitals. Dr. Alan Sager is a professor of public health at Boston University. He studied hospital closures across the country, including in New York City. He says it all goes back to the 1970s. Gradually, healthcare costs started to rise in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, Vietnam War put strain on the federal budget. And then in the 1970s, we had the two oil shocks. And we had economic disruption for much of the 1970s. So the combination of rising healthcare costs and a shaky economy led some people to look at healthcare and think, we've got to rein in, slow down the rate of increase in spending. And it looked logically that hospitals were places where expensive care happened. So let's cut back there. And that way of looking at it doesn't prepare us very well for a situation like COVID-19, or does it? When you think about the shape of hospital care, first, how many hospitals and how many beds? Second, what kind? major teaching hospital, major medical center versus medium-sized community hospital. And you're also thinking about where the hospitals are located. In the United States, and this is unusual across the world, it is no one's job to think about those things. 
nobody is accountable for identifying the emergency rooms or ICUs or hospitals or number of beds essential to protect the health of the public. And that's pretty remarkable. Who do you think should be accountable? Probably state government is the right level. Uh, And for metropolitan areas that like greater New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, that cross state lines, in those metropolitan areas, uh, clearly uh, all three states need to be involved. The only state that has developed a list of uh, emergency rooms and hospitals necessary to protect the health of the public is the state of Maryland, where for various reasons, starting in the 1970s, state government and hospitals got together and the state agreed to be accountable to pay all needed hospitals enough money to cover the delivery of needed care, as long as it was delivered efficiently. Do you expect COVID-19 to change the way we think about hospital capacity? The coronavirus disaster forces all of us to think twice. Maintaining reserve capacity by mothballing hospitals that are already built, equipped, and paid for is much less expensive than trying to find space in hotel rooms or convention centers, which will lack necessarily negative airflow and other safety practices that you really want in case of infectious disease. We often say that hindsight is 2020. So knowing what we know now, what would we have done differently six months or a year or 10 or 20 years ago? Can we make a list of those things and make sure that when we come out of this crisis, we actually do those things? Dr. Alan Sager, thank you so much for joining us on Uptown Radio. Emily, you're very welcome.